Welcome to Blue Bloods College Game Time. A true blue pod production. Quarterback draw. He's got running room. And a first down. Watch out. He's got getaway speed. Touchdown. That game on last night had me sweating. I couldn't believe it. It was college game time. A couple of blue bloods out competing. College game day Saturdays. Big time players making plays. All I really need is another weekend full of back to back games. Just me and my friends, man. I love college. College football. I love March Madness. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the March Madness edition, part two of the Blue Bloods podcast. It's your boy, Trey Smith. And it's your boy, Brandon Holmes. Once again, welcome to the Blue Bloods podcast, man. We are so glad to be back here. March Madness, Trey, actually, I went back and listened to a bunch of our old episodes, and you actually said this is your favorite time of the year. It is my favorite time of the year. I told the uh, some people today, I said, this week is like Christmas for me. Like, I enjoy yeah. this week more than I actually do, like, holidays. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but the big one is because it's just four straight days, nonstop basketball, really six straight days of nonstop six. basketball. I'll actually talk on this episode as to why you shouldn't just completely write off uh, Tuesday and Wednesday's games. Now, by the time yeah. you're listening to this podcast, we may be past that, but... Man, there's nothing like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's insane. It's nonstop. It's from literally like mid-morning till midnight. Crazy. So uh, before we get into that, we had Selection Sunday. Yes. um, That we are going to go over. We're going to talk about our brackets on this episode. Uh, I'm going to encourage everybody to join our bracket, uh, our bracket challenge. It is the College Game Time Bracket Challenge. We'll get the link up on our socials. And uh, the password is Blue Bloods. All lowercase, all one word. Let's now, do it. before we do that, we got to talk about the conference tournaments. Like we said last week, we made some predictions. We talked about how that was, they're kind of like the, the appetizer, you know, before you get to the main course. So, mm-hmm. uh, and if you didn't listen last week, we went through a little exercise where we each picked a dark horse to win the Power Six Conference tournaments, right? And Power Six yes. because we, 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 include we include the Big, the Big East, East for basketball. And our only rule was you couldn't pick a team that was in the top four seeds. And I remember saying, I can't remember if I said it on the show or afterwards just to you. I said, man, if we could just hit one or two <laughs> of these, we're money. And yeah, lo we and behold... Them. B. Holmes came through in the clutch. Talk to him. Talk to him. Listen, man. Now, somebody's going to come back and say, well, you said Michigan was going to win. But if you listen thoroughly through it, I said that was just my fan pick. Objectively, I was saying I believe the Iowa Hawkeyes could win the Big Ten championship. And lo and behold, they doubled up because the men and the women won the Big Ten championship, just in case yeah. you didn't know that. So, hey, man, I, I and part of it, why is Murray, man? I believe um, Murray's on a lot of people's uh, big boards for the NBA draft this year. He's supposed to be a top five pick. Um, he's, to me, probably one of the best players in America right now, man, all around, sophomore uh, wing. He's just playing good basketball. And I just knew 
The Big Ten's up and down. Iowa, they're just like one of those grind-you-out kind of teams. Um, and just when you have that, you know what? Their basketball team plays like their football team. They're going to grind you out, <laughs> except they have Murray. <laughs> they have Murray on their team who can play with anybody. He could. He would start for any other team in America. Um, who was so, it that caught fire in the semifinal? Did you watch the semifinal game? They had, I don't think it was Murray, but somebody caught fire. Was it Bo Hannon? Is that his name? Possibly, uh, yes, yes. Yes, the guy that's been there for seven years. Um, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bo Hannon. Yeah, Bo Hannon. He's just kind of like the guy. He's like that guy at Iowa. He's been, at, he's been there for like seven years, literally. Um, because he gets the Kobe year, then he redshirted yep, a year, yep. then he got some. It's like Gillespie so, at Villanova. Right, right, exactly. So yeah, um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I just thought they were. I watched them play a little bit this year. They're a good team. Um, and I think, man, they caught fire at the right time. I think they're a tough matchup in a tournament. Like I think they could potentially be like an elite eight type of team. Yeah, it was Bohannon, but I, I mean, it actually was Murray. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the stat sheet now. Keegan Murray was eight for ten from the three point line and dropped thirty two on Indiana in the semifinal. So Bohannon, I think, just hit some big shots. Uh, I think he hit the one at the end. Unless I'm just completely. I'm gonna look right now before I completely throw this off. Um, Yep, he hit that three pointer to ice it uh, at the end of the game. So he's that guy there. Okay, so. I didn't hit on any of mine. However, you know, I had OU. They upset Baylor. Uh, came to the last possession in their semifinal game. Uh, I had, dude, I had Syracuse, right? And I, I went through a whole spiel about, you know, not betting against Syracuse in March and why and yada, yada. And then I wasn't anticipating Buddy Beheim to get suspended for the semifinal yeah. game or the quarterfinal game, whichever game one it was, was um, <clears throat> they beat Florida State handily, and he got suspended. I mean, it was kind of a obviously like everything nowadays. It's polarizing, right? Like no right. one agrees on anything. So half right. of half of the spectators were like, he shouldn't have got suspended for that. They didn't handle it the right way, and the other half were saying, no, he did. He got what he deserved. Yada yada. Despite that, Duke, uh, Syracuse still almost beat Duke without him. Right, but. I knew that pick was going down the toilet when he wasn't going to be able to play. Um, trying to think if any other ones came even close. Uh, ACC pick, nope. You you were in the right state for the ACC. You just had yeah. the wrong team because you picked yeah. Virginia, but Virginia Tech, Virginia, Virginia Tech shocked called. everybody. Man, they play some good basketball. Man, they yes, and, and they're peaking at the right time. You know, like you're watching that team and it. I'm, I watched them and I was like, "Wow, this team right now, the way they're playing, they can." I mean, you know, you're starting to see who's going to be able to compete with just about anybody at this time. And I, I would be on the lookout if I was playing Virginia Tech. That's not like a team I really kind of want to face anytime soon. Who would you say in the conference tournaments? And then we'll kind of get to Selection Sunday in the bracket because that's what everybody wants to hear. It's the March Absolutely. Madness time. But who would you say was your biggest surprise? In the conference tournaments, uh, Indiana, by far. Okay. In Indiana, um, I'm gonna, you know, you guys know me by now. I'm a Big Ten guy, but I watched a lot of the conference tournaments. Um, I really didn't think they would beat Michigan in the first round, and that was shocking. But then when they came back out and played Illinois well and won, and then um, you know, they they got really close. They only lost by three. Correct me if I'm wrong. To Iowa yeah. to advance to the championship, uh, to potentially mm-hmm. go to the champ. 
So, I mean, that, that was really shocking for me was Indiana, man, because they've just kind of been non-relevant for some time in the Big Ten. Um, and it looks like, you know, they, they're playing hard. They're playing some good games. Um, obviously, they have to play in the play-in game against Wyoming. Um, we'll see how they do there. I think they do that tomorrow or Wednesday. I think they play Wednesday against Wyoming, um, if I'm correct. Yeah, I don't think yeah. they play tomorrow. Um, yeah, Tuesday. Indiana would. Yeah, yeah oh, is it Tuesday? They play well, the Tuesday. I'm they they don't, I don't think they play Tuesday. Okay, yeah. I believe they play Wednesday, if I'm correct. But Indiana was my surprise team. Um, yeah, because I pretty much I essentially just kind of wrote them off come Big Ten tournament time. And here they go, man. Not only did they beat Michigan, but they also um, – they beat Illinois, who was obviously we know one of the best teams in the country according to rankings. Um, I I don't agree that they should be the play-in team, um, but you know such is life. But that was my biggest surprise during conference they, tournament weekend. They actually do play Tuesday. So. Oh, they play Tuesday. Okay, yeah. I know it's Corpus tomorrow. Christi versus Texas Southern tomorrow. I didn't know they played tomorrow too. Yeah, so double header it looks like Tuesday at eight ten on True TV. And isn't it? It's uh, is it is it Mike Woodson's first year there? Um, his head coach. I think it is because they got rid so. of Archie Miller, and uh, people were surprised by the hire. But obviously, he's a he's an alum, and I want to say he won um a national title there uh, under old. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to. I don't have time to go look for that. But he played for him, I think, in the late seventies. So, um. Indiana. Okay. Well, my, my biggest surprise of the conference tournaments was, uh, really a combination of Virginia tech, but I wasn't really like tuned into them as much as this other team, which was Texas A&M. Um, they, uh, they went on a tear and then they they hit the buzzsaw on that Sunday afternoon game against, uh, Tennessee and Tennessee ended up winning the tournament, but A&M, um, played really well. They, they beat, um, Arkansas, they beat. Um, they beat second. Um, I should have that like in front of me right now, but I don't. Um, I'm gonna look it up. It's a podcast live, no biggie. It Let's is see. what it is. Let's see. They beat. Oh, they beat Auburn. So they started the tournament okay. with an yep. overtime win over Florida. Then they beat Auburn. Then they beat Arkansas, and then they lost to Tennessee. But, I mean, playing four games in four straight days, they almost played their way into the tournament. And quite frankly, that's a perfect segue here because I feel like my biggest selection Sunday reaction is that A&M got screwed. There's no reason they should not be in the tournament when you look at the rest of the field. And quite frankly, I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. A team that they probably should have been in over are the Michigan Wolverines. Or Indiana or any of these play in. Like if you look at A and M, um, but that's where that 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 brand um it matters. Know, Michigan Michigan it matters. gets respect in the basketball networks as you know, and some as a blue blood program. Just oh, for because sure. of because of their history. You got the Fab Five, you got the national title before the Fab Five. I mean, they've yep. they've they get they've that been type of respect. the last six years. Um, you know. and so you throw in them versus A&M, I just think that off the cuff, A&M, they knocked off a two seed, a four seed, um, 23 wins on the season. 
I think Michigan's like 17 and 14 and got smoked in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. But it goes back to like what Jay Billis says. And he's not the only one that says it. We say, I mean, anyone who follows college basketball knows this. Like the conference tournaments really don't matter. They don't. Unless you're talking automatic bids. Yep. They just don't. But that was probably what. Did you have any other like, I don't know. No. Reactions to Selection Sunday? I mean, no, nah, not really, man. Uh, I am shocked Michigan got in the tournament. I was more than prepared that they weren't. Um, I think outside of that, nah, not, nothing really kind of took me by surprise. I mean, I will say this, though. I did think – I thought your boys from Arkansas were going to get at least a three seed. I didn't think they would get a four seed. I yeah. thought they would be a little bit higher ranked. I mean, I like their resume. Um, I was shocked where Michigan State got a seven seed. Um, yeah. But, you know – I and yeah, it just wasn't that. That was probably my biggest shockers was seeding. I think seeding is going to play a big role in this year's tournament more than ever. Um, based upon like some teams, I feel like should have been ranked a little higher. That's ranked lower, mm-hmm. but and some teams that were ranked higher that should have been ranked lower. Um, and kind of how some of the regions like stacked up. But outside of that, I mean, I think it kind of landed exactly where it is. I think we're going to see a ton of upsets this year, though, in my personal opinion. Yeah, and you know what? We're about to get to that. But to to comment on what you were saying about Arkansas, Arkansas had a couple of really bad losses early in the yeah. season that I think have come back to haunt them. And I don't understand how the whole net ranking works. And I know that's not yeah, the only either. thing that's factored into your seed, but I do know that LSU, I believe, finished the season with a higher net ranking than Jeez. Arkansas. And Arkansas beat LSU three times this year. They beat them right. twice during the season and once in the conference tournament, yet they still ended the season with a – so I don't really know what the formula is. Some rocket scientist or someone who's much smarter than me is going to have to explain that and break it down for me one day. But I don't get it. I think that – but you know what? They probably got what they deserved. I mean, four seed, I'll take it. I look at some of the other three seeds like Tech and Purdue and Tennessee. I mean, honestly – uh, that would have been, I mean, even Wisconsin, I mean, Wisconsin won their league or they were co they co they were co they were Illinois. co-champs. Um, so yeah, I don't have any complaints there, but let, let's get into this. Let's get into round one. Yep. Really the first weekend. I think the way we can do this are who are kind of like, let's kind of go through the first round. Some of your upset predictions. Mm-hmm. maybe your potential Cinderella stories. And then we can get into who our final four is and who we have winning it all. Uh, and then we can wrap this episode up because it's all, it's about to go down. I mean, these yeah. next six days, it's about to get real. So it is, um, you know what? Let's start here. Let's start with the first four. Okay. I'm going to give everybody a reason to at least watch one first four game. Okay. And let me just make sure I believe it's on Wednesday. There's two reasons why if you, if you are someone who writes off the first four games because you don't really count them because you don't really lock in until the round of 64 and whatever, the field of 64, watch the Notre Dame Rutgers game. That's going to be a great It is game. at 8-10 on Wednesday. Not only is it... I believe going to be a great game, but this exact game a year ago produced a final 14. So before you write off 
you know, oh, the first four don't matter. Last year on Wednesday night of mm. March Madness, UCLA knocked out Michigan State in what what uh, was a close game, I believe, for the first half. And then the second half of that game, UCLA found something. I yes. mean, it's like they found their identity and then rode that wave all the way to the Final Four, almost beat Gonzaga, but the Jalen Suggs dagger at the right. buzzer sent them home. But they've, they've, they've built on that. They have pretty much the entire team back, Came back who's right. making a run again this season, just not got knocked off by Arizona in the Pac-12 championship, but they look primed and ready to make another deep run, except for this time they're coming from that four spot instead of as a first four spot. Right. <laughs> and here's why I think this Notre Dame-Rutgers game could potentially have a similar impact because both teams are where kind of UCLA was last year. Mm -hmm. You've seen flashes of what they can do. They just haven't quite found themselves yet or, right. or like really found that identity that they can hang their hat on uh, right. to, uh, uh, to breed some consistency. Rutgers had a stretch this season where they knocked off strong. four ranked teams in a row. It was four ranked teams in a row, won them all. Prior to that, early in the season, when Purdue was number one, they knocked off Purdue. I mm -hmm. think they handed them their first loss. So they're a battle-tested team. Um, I don't know what their injury situation is. I'm not as that plugged in. I know I know uh, Ron Hopper Jr. is uh, their leading scorer. He's a um, the, the former, what, five, four or five-time NBA five champion time. with uh, the Bulls and the Lakers. I can't remember if he won one or two with the Lakers before he retired, but I know he won. He was on the second uh, three-peat with the Bulls. His son is on that team. But the Rutgers, yeah. They've the Scarlet Knights. They've 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 shown what they can do, and then you have Notre Dame, who Notre Dame, <coughs> excuse me, has been at the top of the ACC standings all year long. Mm -hmm. um, they also had a non-conference win over Kentucky, who was a two seed that a lot of people are predicting to not just go to the Final Four but potentially win it all. So right. <coughs> both teams, and then I'm gonna take a sip of water. Both of these teams have shown this season what they can do and what they're capable of. And I wouldn't be shocked if one of these two squads finds a spark in this first four game and who knows, goes on a run like UCLA did last year. I'm not predicting that. That's not what my bracket is showing or reflecting. However, if you're looking for a reason to watch one of these first four games, there you go. Absolutely. I think um, for me, man, one of the, the upsets. Okay, I'm going to tell you the upset I really struggle with not picking. Okay. okay. I really struggle with not picking this. And that was Delaware over Villanova. Oh. Jameer Nelson Jr. is a straight mm. baller that plays for Delaware. And they have this young kid, Davis, which, funny story, I just realized this today as I was doing my research. He's a sophomore, redshirt freshman this year. Mm -hmm. um, his dad and mom go to my church. So I remember him talking about his son like all these years. His son like kind of exploded on the scene and then I think had like a so-so junior year. Um, and so I'm like looking and here's the thing. I see his dad post about him all the time and it's never clicked to me. Like click. Like this is his son. So I'm like doing research and um, he had a really good year. I think he's like their second best player on their team. Um, and I mean, Nova's Nova, but I, I don't feel like this is the Nova of, of past Novas, you know, where – 
sometimes you're looking at you like, man, no, that is a team I believe can win it all. This year, I just feel like the Big East has kind of been a toss-up, not as in lieu of like bad talent. Right. I don't think there's just a clear-cut team that's better than the other. Mm. And so I'm looking at this Delaware team where I'm like, they're gritty, they're scrappy, a lot of more East Coast kids that are mm. from Nova's backyard. Because um, I, live, I live 20 minutes away from Nova, so it's a Philadelphia school. So the right. kids that don't get picked up by Nova normally get picked up by Delaware. The Delaware. So yeah. I'm kind of looking at this like, could this be one of those stories where it's like, mm. I'm in your backyard, you overlooked me, I'm kind of like the little brother to you, and I want to show Nova why, how could you pass up on me? Because the kid that goes to my, my church, or his dad goes to my church, they're Jersey guys. They're PA guys. They're, mm. they're from right there in Nova's backyard. So the fact that Nova didn't pick him up, I'm sure has to stir something up in him because if you're not familiar to the East Coast guys, listeners, um, there's like New York, there's Pennsylvania and Delaware literally is like University of Delaware is on like an hour and some change away from Philadelphia. Mm. Nova is in Philadelphia. So mm-hmm. it's a very close proximity. And that's the one I've had a. I've been back and forth. I haven't submitted my final. You're about bracket, to convince me. So I'm, but just I'm really just sitting there like. I think this is something where Delaware, they had that chip on their shoulder. Mm-hmm. Jameer Nelson Jr., I watched him. I watched him in this conference. The kid can hoop. He reminds me of his dad. He has the yep. grit. He has the fire. Could this mm. be like this 15 seed that says, because there's more to it than just a 15-2. This mm. is a team from their own backyard, kids who probably grew up watching Villanova, kids who probably wanted Villanova to recruit them. And they ended up having to go to Delaware. And Delaware is no chump mm. program either. So that's the hardest one. And I'm leaning. And you know what? I convinced myself. I'm going to pick it. I'm going to pick I, Delaware over Nova. <laughs> I was going to say there's two two things were happening as you were speaking. Is One, like I was getting ready to change my pick to Delaware. And two, we got to get this guy on the podcast. Who, whoever it is. We need to get him on the podcast. But um, ah, the only hiccup I have with that one is Villanova started to find a little spark in the Big East tournament. Yes. And it's like if Col- if Colin Gillespie wasn't playing, he's another one of those like six, seven-year seniors. And he's been hurt. Like he missed the tournament last year. Like this is like his just final chance. And I don't think I, – I, I don't remember where I have Villanova getting bounced. I just don't think it's going to be in the first round. But, man, I'm going to be thinking about this. Uh, making this change because just so everyone knows how I roll with my picks, I give myself until the first, first four game starts to set my bracket. And then I don't mm-hmm. change anything. I fill out one bracket every year. I'm not one of these guys like, Oh, I got them one in one of my yeah. brackets. I got the one. I have one bracket that I submit and I make sure it's completely filled out before the first game of the first four. So we have a little time here and you are making a compelling case to pick Delaware. Well, kind of moving through I'm just going to say this. I've got pretty much the Midwest region is like I've called, I've labeled it upset city because I have, I think five out of the eight games being upsets and most of my bracket, particularly in the first round, I stay pretty solid with the higher seed. You know, I didn't really branch out. And then it's like, I got to the Midwest region and I went crazy. So I've got Creighton over San Diego State, which, look, the nine over eight, 
It's not. A I big mean, one. it's usually a wash, anyways. Right. But moving on, I got Richmond over Iowa. Ooh. I'm gonna skip one because I'm gonna spend more time talking about this one. But I've got Iowa State over LSU. I think with LSU firing right. Will Wade, just. By the way, collegegametime.com wrote a piece on the whole Will Wade situation. I'm not going to sound off on it right now, but go read it. It's on the website. Um, I've got Iowa State over them. I've got Colgate over Wisconsin. Hmm. Colgate plays a very – okay, you talked about this, B. Holmes, like a while ago. Like we were still in football, and we were kind of like like teasing basketball on each episode – and you talked about how you thought that this, if there was a year where like a mid-major made a run, it would be mm-hmm. this year because of the guys who have like the sixth COVID and seventh year, year COVID yep. years and all that. Colgate's one of those teams. And they almost knocked Arkansas out last year in the first round. Okay. And that Arkansas team went to the Elite Eight. Like it wasn't like it was a bad team. Right. So, I don't know. I just think that... uh you know, Wisconsin isn't exactly a team that's going to come out and like outgun them. No. And it's a good matchup. I like Colgate over Wisconsin. And then I'm telling you, I was close to going Jacksonville State over Auburn just because there's a little mm. bit of a history there back in Bruce Pearl's like D3 coaching days. Uh, the current coach for Jacksonville State coached at a rival program that Bruce Pearl. I think he was at Southern Indiana, maybe. Um, And, I mean, Bruce Pearl had a ton of success there as the head coach, but apparently this guy, like, owned him. He was, like, 16-3 and or 16-4 and against him. So, um, I'm actually working on a piece right now with some of the top top five storylines ahead of uh, the first weekend, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But the the one that I got my eyes on is South Dakota State. That's a good one. I've got – 13 seeded South Dakota State over number four seed Providence. They're riding a 21 game win streak into the tournament. They shoot 45% from three. They've got two players who are each shooting over 50% from the three point line. Mm -hmm. Two other guys shooting 47%. Like that's, that's insane. That's like having Steph Curry level shooting percentages clay right. thompson level even more steve kerr back in his day right now they're not doing it necessarily off the bounce and from like half court like steph curry does i'm not saying that but what i'm saying is is when you've got four guys that are shooting 47 47 50 and 51 percent from three even if two of those guys are having an off day still in the you've game. got two i mean so I've got high hopes for the South Dakota State team, to be honest with you. And so I, that's that's my that's are they my highest off. seed getting an upset in this first round? Uh, far I off at all. Thought I might had a fourteen seed, but I'm scrolling now and I don't think I do. So yeah, thirteen seeded. Uh, no, I got Colgate. They're the fourteen seed. Duh, in the same region. Yeah. But South Dakota State, man, that's my. Uh, but you know. I guess, I, on our on, on our article in College Game Time, if you guys haven't checked it out, our sixty four predictions, I actually put San Diego State was probably going to pull off an upset. This is South Dakota State. Uh, South Dakota, sorry, yeah, South yeah. Dakota no, State. No, you did, you did, you before did. Before selection center because they're the number one three point shooting team in the country. Um, unfortunately, I hate that they're doing it against Providence, who's kind of like my dark horse, um, my dark horse <laughs> team of the NCAA tournament. But when I saw that matchup, I very well was like, this could be an upset. 
that if I wasn't so hype off the Delaware potential, that probably would have been my number one game to watch because, as we know, man, if those dudes can shoot like how they've been shooting, that's that's a tough out for anybody in the tournament, man. Um, like you said, we got four guys shooting in the high 40s. Two of those guys are over are 50 and above. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> That can put you in for a long day in the tournament. And if you're rolling in on a 21 game win streak, right? So, so the two uh, largest win streaks you've got: South Dakota State rolling in with 21 game, and then Murray State. But see, they've got a seven seed, so they're not even the 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 uh, lower seed um, in their first round matchup. But they're rolling in with a 20 game win streak. So yeah. those are two mid majors to to make some noise. And I, I'll go out and say this: I don't have this. This isn't what I picked. But if kind of what you were saying at the beginning of the season, as far as if there was a year where a team was going to pull like like a George Mason or a mm. VCU or Loyola uh, Chicago, yeah, like this year would be the year. I'm 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 saying it's going to be South Dakota State or Murray State. Goodness, um, man, you got me wanting to change my bracket. But dude, I, I I don't know. I can't go against South Dakota State in that three point percentage. Providence, to your point, I'm kind of playing right in because you wrote about this on a, on a, on a blog on collegegametime.com about how, look, why, why, why am I calling Providence a dark horse when they just won the regular season conference championship? And it was exactly what I'm doing right now. It's because people still aren't like respecting them or taking right. them seriously as a potential national title contender. I mean, you could even make an argument that the four seed was disrespectful. Right. And um, I mean, I think that uh, there's there's a lot of validity there to that point. I, I just can't put them over South Dakota State. I like South Dakota State too much. Um, and you got any others? Oh, I got one. But if do you have any others? No, the only other potential one I have. Well, I Loyola Chicago, but I don't even know because they play Ohio State the first round. Right. Um, and I watched them. Yeah, ten versus seven. Um, and then here's the thing: if my if my upset goes well, then that means they play Delaware in the second round. Um, and I like them potentially making a a Sweet Sixteen. But even if they play Nova, I still think they can compete with Nova. Um, so that would be that was my only other like upset where I'm like, okay, they're <clears throat> they're seasoned. They're still, <clears throat> I think, one or two guys from that 2018 team that's still on board. Mm. Um, not. You know, I think it's one of those things like we know this from playing sports. It's like once you've been there, you kind of know how it mm-hmm. feels, how it tastes, even though if you've never been there as a player, the coaching staff, the administration, they kind of mm-hmm. have this feeling of like, okay, we've done it before. We can kind of do it again. Um, and just kind of watch them play in their championship game and they look poised. They look calm. They really had this feel like we belong here and not like, oh, we're shocking where it's like, no, we belong here. So I, I mm. that would be if they ended up in the Sweet 16 playing like a Tennessee, I, that wouldn't be shocking to me at all, though. The big thing that kept me from putting Loyola Chicago in the Sweet 16 was that, that Porter Mosher is not there anymore. Um, True. But you could make an argument, and this is a good segue into the last one I'm going to talk about, at least for the first round upsets, is – Texas Tech hasn't really taken a step back with their assistant taking over. And that leads me to my next upset or my last upset I'm going to discuss. And I got Virginia Tech, 11 seed ACC Conference Tournament champion, Virginia Tech, upsetting the sixth seed Chris Beard-led Texas Longhorns in the first round. 
I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the curse of Rick Barnes. Maybe it's just the curse of the Texas donors. It's the same thing. Like the same thing that has impacted the football team for the last decade is now what's starting to trickle over to the basketball yeah. program. I don't think Texas fans really realized what they had with Mac Brown and Rick Barnes. And they went looking for greener pastures on both sides and Ooh, just have yet to garbage. get what, you know, have yet to perform in a way that they, when they look in the mirror, like when they look in the mirror, what they see is not what everybody else sees as right. far as the product on the field or on the court. And so I like Chris Beard. He's a great coach, but I don't know, man. He had something special at Tech, and and you're also starting to see that a big part of his operation at Tech, that defense, was Coach Adams, who's yep. not skipped a beat. And um, I don't know, man. Tech looks tough. It looked tough. And so, they're riding high, riding a lot of momentum from that ACC yes. tournament win. So, um, well, then let's, I mean, let's go to, let's just, I guess, I guess the last to put a button on that little segment, if you're filling out your bracket and you're struggling of where to put your upsets, you got two options, either flip a coin or <laughs> go to the Midwest region. Yep. Because I think the Midwest region is the most prime region of the bracket that that's kind of upset um, prone. Okay, Final Four B Holmes. What you got? <sighs> this is so hard, man. This is like really, really tough for me. Um, all right. So this is kind of who I have for my Final Four. Just off the top of kind of grand. And as you said, my final bracket isn't done yet. So this is just right. what I've kind of been doing for this episode. So, um, coming out of the West Division, I think you're actually gonna like this. I got your Razorbacks coming out. Got them. Let's uh, go. Topping Pig. Gonzaga off, um, beating them in the Sweet 16, and then got them beating uh, Michigan State in the Elite Eight. Mm. Um, coming out of the East, I actually have uh, UCLA, man. I saw what Johnny Juzang did to my boys in blue last year, and I still have nightmares. And when that kid gets hot, I don't think there's a better score in the country, man. When he's on, he's on. And it looks like he's mm. he got on early this year. Um, I like his game this year. He's definitely matured. He knows how to shoot his way out of a slump. Um, and the guy just has a green light, man. Um, and he's been there before. So, and like you said, they return the same team. Um, yeah. So, I, I like them. Uh, then coming out of the um, out of the South, which to me I think is this was this was the tough pick for me because it came down to Arizona or Tennessee. Um, I've only seen Arizona play once. Um, I've seen Tennessee play a couple times. And I just I I couldn't do two Pac-12 teams, so I picked Tennessee um, mm -hmm. to come out. And then I actually um, this is where I got stuck coming out of the Midwest. I tell you that Midwest is tricky this it's, year. It's tricky, man. Like you, I want to go Kansas, but I've seen Kansas play three times this year, and I wasn't sold that they're really a the you know a number one team. Mm -hmm, and then I've seen mm -hmm. Auburn play quite a bit, and I'm like. Uh, but is Bruce Pearl, I mean, like, are, are they really going to do, excuse me, is Auburn really going to do what I think they're they're going to do? And so I really came down to flipping a coin, man, and, and I put Auburn in my Final Four, but I think the hardest thing that was just hard to predict about the Final Four this year, that there's just no clear-cut dominant team this year. Like, I really, like I said at the top of the uh, year, that this could very much be 
the year that a San Diego, I mean, San Diego, South Dakota State no, could be a team yeah. where you're like, oh, man, where'd they come from? So my final four, just for kicks and giggles, this isn't my final bracket. I, uh, I had Arkansas at UCLA. Um, I put Tennessee, and then I put Auburn. Okay. I disagree with one of the things you said, and it what really solidified that was this past week. I do think there's a clear-cut team, and I'm going to talk about who it is and why. But let me preface, just like you did, this is not final. But I'm at least to the point where I know there's only two changes that could be made. I just have to really, really think on it. And I've got another, you know, less than 24 hours to figure that out. But I've got Gonzaga coming out of the West. Mm. Uh, I've actually got them beating Texas Tech in the Elite Eight. Uh, Part of that is a reverse jinx. You know, like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I feel yeah. like if I put <laughs> Arkansas in the final four, I'm going to jinx it. Um, but I mean, Drew Timmy, Chet Holmgren, um, I mean, they got a squad. They don't have a Jalen Suggs this year, but they got a squad still. Um, and, you know, Drew Timmy to me is he he's the new era's Christian Leitner. Um, yeah, for sure. So I got Gonzaga. I've got, and this is where it could, this is one of the ones that could change. I got UCLA right now. Um, I'm not going to rehash what you just said because it's all of the same exact reasons. Yeah. But I might go Kentucky. Hmm. But if I go Kentucky, I will switch another. Like, it's either going to be I switch two or I don't switch any. Is it? Got you, you. you follow yeah, me? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And that is, uh, I'll just skip, I'll skip the South real quick because that one ain't changing. I'll go to the Midwest. I have Auburn like you do, but I'm dead serious. I've got South Dakota State possibly be in that team like if I want to double down on this being the year one of those teams that could get bounced in the first round should get bounced in the first round making yeah. a run to the final four that would be my pick um and if I did that I would put Kentucky but I'm not sure yet I might roll with Gonzaga UCLA Auburn and then Arizona to me mm. the Arizona Wildcats are the clear cut heads and shoulders above the rest of the field they are the best team in the field of 68 field of 64 i watched them play back to back to back did i watch them play two nights in a row or three nights in a row i think i watched them play two nights in a row but i also watched them play their last game of the season prior to the conference tournament so i watched them play three games in a very short period of time and if you know anything about any sport and you watch the same team play three times in one week, like you start to get a feel for who they, they are, are, what they right. have. And um, they weren't playing against like slouches either. I mean, one of those was against UCLA who has a right. great team. There is nothing this Arizona team lacks. They literally hmm. have everything. The only thing that could come back to bite them and everything I'm saying right now is if they're starting point guard isn't healthy for the tournament. They held him out of the Pac-12 championship. I think he had like a wrist issue going on okay. so that he would be healthy. So all this is contingent on him being able to play. But here's what here's here's one of the things that that team showed me that showed me a lot was their starting point guard was out. Their backup point guard went out with um foul trouble in the Pac-12 championship against UCLA. Okay. Their third string point guard went out in foul trouble. So literally, there are three point guards 
<coughs> that they have on the roster are all sitting on the bench. So they have their wing, Dalen Terry, who was a top recruit in the country a couple years ago. Um, I think he's a sophomore now. They bumped him over to running the point, and it's like they didn't skip a beat. Yeah. Defensively, they're unbelievable because they have the size, the length, and the athleticism. They've got two seven-footers. One of them can shoot. One of them will punish you down low. They've got a top 10 NBA pick in Benedict Mathurin. Remember that name, Benedict Mathurin. I may not even be saying it right. He's going to be a top 10 NBA pick, and I think, <coughs> if I can stop coughing, <coughs> I think he's going to be the most, uh, what do you call it, the the – it's like the MOP or whatever, like the MVP yeah. of this tournament is going to be Benedict Mathurin. The guy <laughs> shoots a respectable clip uh, at like 37% from three. He's a high flyer, a slasher. He gets to the rim. He plays above the rim. He can guard. He can defend. He can get out and run. Like he's kind of a do-it-all player. At gotcha. the other wing, they've got six seven Dalen Terry, who can also run the point. Like, there's just nothing this team lacks. They've got depth. They've got size. They've got athleticism. They've got skill. They've got scoring ability. I just don't see this team losing in the tournament. Right. And I have them beating, right now, I have them beating Gonzaga in the championship. It'd be a rematch. Tommy Lloyd in his first year at Arizona. He's been the longtime assistant to Mark Few yep. at Gonzaga. But I'm also thinking about maybe rehashing the old 25-year reunion of Kentucky versus Arizona in the championship. Ooh. If you remember 97, the Mike Bibby squad beat Rick Pitino's, uh, I think they had Ron Mercer that year, Kentucky squad. Oh, I forgot about Ron Mercer. Yeah, but um, I don't know. But I, the one thing I'm certain of is that Arizona is my pick to win the national championship. I think that they just have a team that is – they are like the Baylor, last year's Baylor of this year's bracket, where I just feel like they have too much for any yeah. team to really be able to withstand. Um, but, you know, it's March, and who knows? March, they could man. get bounced the first or second round. But I've got Arizona. Uh, I might switch it and have Arizona, South Dakota State, and then Kentucky, Gonzaga. But, <coughs> bro, I have a bottle of water, too, as I'm coughing. Take your time. Take your time. <laughs> but that is my um, – one of those two variations of my Final Four will be my final Final Four. Yep. But I'm for sure putting Arizona in the championship, and I for sure have them winning it all. Boom. I like that. I'm interested to see. I haven't watched a lot of Arizona, so I'm really interested to see how this play. I just think this is going to be a crazy March Madness, man. I'm like – I I'm yeah I can't wait I'm excited I'm excited like I, I yeah I'm gonna be glued in front of my TV the next six days. Well, um, anything else? I mean that that about does it. No, we'll, that is, uh, that's about it, man. Um, next week we'll make sure to tell everybody what our finalized final four or what our finalized brackets were. Yep. Um, and then be sure to get in our bracket challenge. We'll put the links up on our socials. Excuse me. Uh, it's the College Game Time Bracket Challenge on the ESPN Bracket Challenge app, Tournament Challenge app. Uh, password is Blue Bloods. This is the Blue Bloods podcast. Go check out our website, collegegametime.com. It's up. Read it's everything lit. that's up. We've got content going. Go to our YouTube 
YouTube slash College Game Time. Hit subscribe. We're over 2,000 subscribers. We're about to get the video content back rolling. Um, if you're watching this right now, please make sure you are subscribed. Leave us a comment. Give us a like. Show us some we love. We really it all, appreciate man. it. And uh, that's all I got, B. Holmes. I'm done. And that, that's all I got, man. Happy March Madness. It's going to be great. College football. Spring ball is here, man. Woo. Spring ball is – where's spring ball season? We might have to do like a – Summer preview. I don't know. You know, me and Trey have been texting like we cannot wait till college football oh, is no, is is back. But um, anyways, hey, March Madness. We're gonna enjoy this moment as always, man. Make sure you guys follow us on our social media handles. You can follow Trey at Twitter at it's Trey Smith. Yep. You can find me on Twitter at at Real B Holmes. We sure will be tweeting a lot these next few days. Yeah, sign up for yes. the bracket challenge. Uh, thank you guys for your support as always, man. Be blessed. College, Peace. Hey, college football. I love March Madness.